0: blog talk
1: radio hi this is john hendrickson
0: and this is christina Metter.
1: and welcome to afraid of the dark what a crazy day it's so funny you know it's one of those days every, every time we ever do a show i get i get really nervous and like today i was feeling pretty good all day and then on the drive up to christina's it just starts to hit me and it, the the only way i can explain it is i used to play competitive tennis in college and all that stuff and just the butterflies i would get before a match so i'm trying to figure out you know what do i eat before i go do this show <laughs> i don't want to eat too much cuz my stomach's like all squirrely and crap you know and just trying to get control of my emotions and my uh, yeah just yeah it, it's it's just crazy i feel like i'm going to go play a tennis match <laughs>
0: I, and you know it's funny that you say that cuz i i think that a lot of times what we can do as people is confuse that butterfly feeling as nervousness when in actuality excitement. And it could be that we're kind of pushing ourselves expand in a way that our body is not used to. So it's it's actually a good sign. So so it's interesting to, to hear that that's going on. I think for me that that ended after the first episode, I was like, ah, this is, this is kind of how it is. And, but um we have a great topic for you tonight. And the reason we're doing a show on uh, allowing is because in our own ways, John and I both have things happening in our lives. Um, we try to keep it pretty real and close to the heartbeat of what's happening for us uh, that we have to sit back and allow certain things. So um, we're going to start with defining what we mean by allowing, right? Because there could be a lot of different contextual interpretations around that. So.
1: You. Yeah, I mean what she's saying is we all have challenges in our lives and uh and, and with allowing we face this kind of stuff every single day and just everyday parts of our lives, but sometimes there's stuff that's a little more intense that we all have to deal with. So we thought allowing would be a really good topic tonight. Plus it kind of ties into a lot of the previous shows that we've done in the past, you know, working on a new habit to intimacy. And allowing kind of feeds into those, those topics pretty well, too. So it, it kind of coincides with all that, which is a great thing. So it kind of it goes in line and in sync with everything that we've done up to this point. But when it comes to the term allowing, I have to give some props, again, to Real Life Law of Attraction and Christy Whitman, because they kind of tie into the way how I view allowing. And one really great definition that I found is the art of allowing. It means to make peace with all things as they are, including what other people are doing. And that's the big thing right there, what other people are doing, because that is the hardest thing as a human being to allow, because we want to sometimes put our hands in there and and get involved when it doesn't directly involve us. And that's the big conundrum.
0: Mm. Yeah. For instance, if you have a child, uh, like a teenager, especially, and, You're dealing with, you know, how to get him or her to kind of move in a certain direction or, you know, instead of telling them what to do and controlling that, creating more of like a boundary around them that they could choose from within is always a more powerful route or if it's somebody that you love, you know, a partner, a parent, a sibling that's not making good choices for themselves, it's so easy to want to jump in there and tell them what to do, how to fix themselves. Um, you know, it's just, it's so tantalizing, at least I find it very tantalizing to just want to, you know, step in. And so what what we're talking about tonight is it's a new kind of approach and how to learn from, you know, not doing that.
1: It's ironic that we did a show last week on, you know, changing habits and how to work on doing that. And this is one habit that I've been really focusing on since I really discovered the law of allowing, which was last year. And it's just like this light bulb went off in my head. Cause I'm like, Holy crap. You know, I, I always viewed when I was kind of, not allowing as I was helping. <laughs> so I was I was helping the other person. I was in so many ways being a pretty selfish asshole without realizing this. <laughs> so it, it it's it gets blurry at times. It's a really fine line. And taking what Chris what Christine was just talking about you know, I'll, I'll just kind of follow it up by saying with one more really good explanation or definition of, of what this means is it's allowing other people to make their own choices and live out those consequential experience of those choices for themselves, knowing that your guidance is for you and only they can create for them. Mm-hmm. So it's just that kind of breaks it down in a real simple way. It's just letting people make their own choices because ultimately – it's, it's their choice. It's not ours. And that's where, again, it gets so hard to sit back sometimes. But, you know, we're creating resistance in our own lives if we're interjecting and trying to get people to think the way we think. And that's why we want to do the show, because when we do that, we're causing more harm to ourselves than good.
0: Yeah, and the, the other piece is to be able to sit back and let someone show up however they're going to show up can be scary, right? Let's say, let's say we meet somebody, like we start dating somebody, and to just relax and see if they call, if they're just all of that. A lot of times, I think we fear being let down or not having our, our needs met. So there's just a lot of internal things going on. So that, that's what we're going to shift into now is when we can't or find we have challenges with allowing, what's happening inside of us, right? There's there's a lot going on inside this mind, inside this body. And, you know, one of the blocks that I was pondering earlier today that prevents us from being able to do this allowing the way John described it is being attached to the outcome, right? So we start envisioning how we want things to go. So let's say that, you know, we, we start talking or dating a person and we start saying to ourselves, oh, my gosh, this is the person. We're going to do this together. We're going to do that together. And the mind starts racing and going in a direction. And then when it doesn't go our way, we want to we want to shift it we want to make it go the way that we were envisioning it so one of the big barriers that i think we have as people is to get stuck to these attached mental constructs when something hasn't even happened yet
1: that's uh yeah i think we can all relate to that pretty well in some ways i look back at my past relationships when i was younger and hell even when i was married and i guess we do get so concerned with the outcomes might be and we get so concerned with how they respond to something that if it doesn't go our way, we in some ways are nudging or trying to nudge it to go in our direction. And again, think about the energy that you're putting into that. And the reality too is by you putting that energy into it, you're not letting them respond the way they naturally want to respond. And by, be, by being patient and allowing You might be surprised. They actually might do what you're hoping they will do. So sit back and take a breath and just let things play out. We've all heard these phrases before, but allowing is just, I think, a a nicer way of looking at it. Mm
0: -hmm. And if you really sit back and drop in your body, you know, the things that I've mentioned in other shows is slow down. Find a calm nervous system, right? we'll see there's discomfort going on in the body when we're trying to maneuver someone or push something or direct it because we can't just allow there's a lot going on in the body in terms of physiological sensations, right? If you were to slow down enough, you might find you have a tight chest or you might find that your stomach's racing, right? Or it's in knots or, you know, your mind is racing. Um, So there's a lot going on inside So instead of looking outside of you to manipulate, change, adjust, maneuver, what we're saying is take a look inside, take a breath, go in, what is happening inside of you? It's this beautiful opportunity to take a look at what's going on to get to know yourself better. Maybe there's fear coming up. Maybe there is, um, you know, a memory of something that happened in the past. Those are beautiful messages from the body that need to be tended to by you on the inside. Instead of focusing, like John said, all that energy outside of you to fix this thing that's causing the discomfort inside, we turn our focus inside and begin to do the work there.
1: That's pretty awesome. And she, she pretty much explained my entire day with a tight chest and a racing heart. <laughs> just kidding. That's what the show does to me. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, she, she brought up some really good points, just noticing what brings these emotions and these feelings up. Because we've been talking a lot, especially last week, which is becoming more self-aware. And this is a great opportunity when you, when you feel these feelings to ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? What's, you know, what is really bringing this up and what can I do to balance myself back out? So as she says, really pay attention to how your body's reacting, the tight chest, the racing heart, maybe you're sweating, maybe you're pacing. Um, All these are great signals to you that you need to stop, take a breath, and again, really evaluate what's creating all these sensations. And once you're able to do that, you can really start taking that step forward to allowing and just becoming so much more self aware to where you're going to start to really blossom.
0: And remember, like we talked um, in Body Mind 4.0, which was a couple episodes ago, is, you know, the, as soon as you turn your focus inward, let's say you have that tight chest and you take a breath, close your eyes, put your hand on your chest, and go in and just sit with that for a minute, it will immediately start to loosen up a little bit. There's something, it's like the body. It's, it's almost like the body exhales because it knows that you're paying attention to it. There's something that happens where the body begins to calm down. So <clears throat> moving on to um, the next block that, you know, I found in really sitting down and looking at all this is usually what's underneath that discomfort, what's underneath um, us trying to control the outsider are unresolved feelings you know and or wounds that we've been walking with so things that are painful for us uh maybe you know fear of getting our heart broken again um feeling out of control if we're dealing with children or feeling powerless you know we all love to feel powerless right especially if you're a guy <laughs> powerlessness is just yeah so um Anyhow, unresolved feelings usually come from past experiences. So trying to trace it back, trying to understand why am I so disturbed in the present moment and why is all this going on? And once you sit with the body and you can calm down enough, you can usually trace it back to something that's happened in the past.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, again, when, when this, term came to me last year, like I said, a light bulb went off in my head. So it really made me become a lot more, again, I'll use that word, self-aware to trace some of my my habits or my reactions to things to certain things that happened in my past, for sure. So again, that's 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 a huge thing because, boy, when you can trace it back to, say, a friendship that went south or something that happened at work or just... You know, just things that might people might say where you become insecure about something about yourself. So you're always looking on the outside of, of are people looking at me in a special or a different way that uh, makes you feel uncomfortable about something. And of course, relationships. I mean, my gosh, we've all had relationships that um, that haven't ended well, and those are always going to leave a mark. So there's 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 always going to be a little bit of residual in you when you uh when you move forward so it's recognizing those things so you can make those again uh, self-aware adjustments to make yourself more whole
0: and then the next one is you know when where so this would be the fourth one that i um arrived at is when when our focus is is moving outside of us looking at how to change something because we're trying to stay attached to an outcome that we've created and or because we're trying to not feel something that happened to us in the past, we're not in the moment. We've lost the moment, right? We, we are suddenly out of time. We are in a place that happened a long time ago or something that has not yet happened. So again, really learning. And, and again, Having this practice that I've talked about in so many episodes, this morning practice, where you get quiet with yourself, you focus that mind, you calm down your nervous system. That's where this comes from. It gives you the ability to find, oh, whoa, 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 I'm not in this moment. I'm not with my breath. I'm not pacing properly. I'm suddenly, you know, 10 steps down the road fretting what could happen or what did happen 10 steps back in the past. So sometimes it's hard to catch ourselves when we're starting to go down deep into the past and or forward far into the future.
1: You know, she says that, that I think we all tend to maybe look too far in the future when it comes to situations. And we all do need to just slow down and just live in the moment more and, and be present with, what the current situation is and not get ahead of ourselves. So one thing that I, I tend to do and I didn't realize I did this until last year. And this, this turn came up, it's called segment intending. And, and what's interesting about it. I'm, I'm kind of a schedule freak. So, <laughs> cause just for what I do for a living, I'm always working with clients every hour upon the hours. And basically what segment intending is, is, basically breaking your day into many, many segments. So for instance, when you get up in the morning, that would be a segment. When you have breakfast, that's a segment. When you go to work, that's a segment. When you have a client, that's a segment. So you know exactly where your day is going to lead you. And it does is it allows you, I use that word, but to prepare for that next segment you're going to go into. So you can go into it more prepared and you'll have an idea of what to expect. So your responses will be better. So it's one thing that, uh, you know, I, I do to this day, it really helps me go into each segment of my day with um, more self-awareness of how I'm going to respond to who I'm working with and what to expect. So my responses will be uh, better for myself and for whoever I am working with, or, you know, this comes to relationships to family.
0: I like that. So you could take that example <clears throat> and whatever it is you're struggling with uh, your teenager, a relationship, mm-hmm something that hasn't happened yet, maybe writing down the segments that are going on and get a realistic snapshot of what is actually happening. That might be a good way to kind of get you into the the moment, you know, um, this step happened and then I did this and then this happened and this is where I'm sitting right now. So you can get a better grasp of what it is that's challenging you and, or what it is that's kicking up all the discomfort and the disturbance in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so the last one that I, the fifth um, block that I found that, you know, in contemplating allowing is when we're not satisfied with the moment as it is and everything around us, it's usually because we're feeling incomplete for some reason. And if you think about it, people, I think just across the board, if we're not walking mindfully through our lives will tend to look for things outside of them to make them feel more whole from the inside out. This person is going to make me feel happy. This particular, you know, object that I buy from Amazon is going to make my day feel better. This outfit is going to make me feel more self-esteem, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking for something outside of us. So if we can learn you know, what it is that we're trying to satiate inside, then we can work from the inside out. It's, it's a shift of perspective. So instead of looking outside to bring it into you to fix whatever's lacking inside, the shift of turning inward and working from there will actually shift the outside. And I, I think a lot of studies have, have shown as we change how we think, as we change our depth and relationship to the body the outside changes it's almost like the matrix
1: readjusts itself isn't she freaking brilliant man i mean did you just hear that i'm sitting here going god how do i how do i say anything after that that was so articulate and beautifully said and boy left an impression so very nice (laughs) so but she's right i mean Again it all comes down to again self awareness why do we why do we reach for things when we 're feeling a certain way and you know again it dives into allowing so again when you when you want to go buy something, why are you buying it? Is it because you need it or is it or is it trying to soothe something that is lacking in your life um, why are you interjecting into someone's life if they're not asking you to I mean sometimes we are truly concerned but again, for a reason, for a need, for something that we're trying to soothe within ourselves. So it, again, it all comes down to, we keep saying it, self-awareness and becoming more in tune with how we how we process and react to certain situations. So really sit back and be conscious of why we choose to do what we choose so you'll have a much better understanding of how you really do operate. And when you catch yourself doing something out of the ordinary or you know, when you're trying to not allow someone to be who they are, um, it's going to make a massive change in the way you approach life. Because you're going to start catching yourself doing this more and more. And you're going to be more conscious of your thoughts and how you respond. And it's going to be, it, it avalanches. Like we always say in other shows, you know, when we start being more consistent with certain things, it starts to avalanche. You start to notice it more and it starts to become, like we said last week, a beautiful habit. And we start to take notice of these things and everybody else will too. They will notice these things. But like I said, too, the right people will notice. (laughs) I think you said that three times
0: last week. (laughs) That's our way of bolding, you know, putting something in bold, you know, caps and underlining it all at the same time. The right right people. And, you know, I just wanted to differentiate because there is a passivity to this allowing that we're talking about. And I just wanted to signify in here that this we're not talking about in your life if you're trying to complete something, if you're trying to make something happen. Um, if it's directly concerning yourself, then, you know, I think it's more of an intuitive co-creative relationship that you begin to dance with. For instance, if I'm trying to create something – and I'm doing all kinds of work and they keep not working, right? If I'm like trying to open this page and I'm trying to publish this piece of work and I keep getting no's, right, then I'm probably going to stop pushing for a minute and I'm going to go into more of that passive allowing because that co-creative process is telling me this isn't the right direction to go. So I think when it comes to ourselves directly, we have to be a little bit more – aware of that interactiveness and, you know, how life is acquiescing to us. Are the doors opening? Are we feeling passionate about how we're moving forward or are we not? Are we getting doors slammed in our faces? Are we feeling unsuccessful day in and day out? Then we have to really step back and go into this allowing, right? Of stopping and seeing, what's going on, what's happening in the body. Maybe there's a different route to take. So anyhow, the, the, the things that we just outlined, the five blocks that prevent us from allowing, are more about when it's out places and things. So I just wanted to make that that differentiating uh, factor um, verbal. And now we're going to go into uh, talking about you know, the techniques to help us get into more of a state of peace and gratitude right because what john and i were talking about because we always sit it's it's so cool because he's he's just such a good friend we we sit and we we talk about okay what what's the, the show going to be about and what what do we want to feel here and so what we both talked about is how to feel more peace and gratitude like really feel more peace and gratitude not just the concepts but the open chest the awe that the, the you know, the butterflies in the stomach, when you look around at what you do have, how to get more to that place. And, you know, and is that you, as we said in body mind 4.0, you have to train the mind or it will train you because what neuroscience has shown us is that the mind is positive experiences are like to the mind. The mind is like Teflon when it comes to positive experiences if it's not trained, because it's constantly looking of ways to protect you. So it's basically the mind left to its own device is scanning the area for anything that could hurt you or did hurt you and how to prevent that from happening. That's why what neuroscientists have found is for every negative thing that happens, we need like four or five to counteract it. So again, all the more reasons to work on training this mind when it comes to allowing and and how to do that
1: wow she lost me at equanimity equanimity equanimity
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry i had to lighten it for a moment there <laughs> but but she's right and and one thing to notice too is you know we've been talking about allowing a lot of stuff that's going around happening around us with other people, and don't forget about yourself. And she brought this up a few moments ago. You know, allow yourself to love yourself and appreciate yourself for who you are and where you're at right now. Because again, we we can be really hard on ourselves. Say we're a little bit overweight, and uh, we keep thinking about who we should be and what we should be, and all this stuff. And we're not we're not being we're not being good to ourselves. We're not allowing ourselves to be who we are at this present time in this present moment. So don't lose sight of that also. So it's really important because we've been talking so much about letting people make their own choices and things like that. And, you know, we talked about choices last week with habits and things of that nature. And it kind of, again, ties into this and allowing is really important. Cause we talked about forgiving ourselves last week when we make mistakes that's partly allowing too, because we need to be able to forgive ourselves to move forward and to allow ourselves to be okay with where we're at. So think about yin and yang there a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And before we can go into all this positive, you know, happy, mindful stuff, <clears throat> what I what I want to say is that we have to be real, right? So so if we're we're dealing with something that a person saying that's causing discomfort inside of us, number one, we have to move that, okay? So what that might look like is hitting a punching bag or going on a really long jog or going someplace where nobody else is and yelling out loud. So we have to be real first with how is the discomfort in the body arising? Does it need to move? Do we need to hit a baseball like what is it that we need to do to help this body calm down and neutralize the charges that are coming up that is the such an important step because you can't just sit there trying to go to gratitude when your stomach's churning i've tried to do it i've tried to do no there's all these you know i take these interventions and i try to use them myself And when my body is like tight and overwhelmed and I just have this urge to move around, I'm not going to be able to sit down and start thinking of something I'm grateful for. It's just, it's not going to coincide. They're not going to work together. But after I find a way to match and move what's arising, then I can move into more of these interventions that we're about to talk about. Do you want to say anything
1: about that? No, that's really well said because it's true. You got to find something that's going to, kinda of balance it out before you can give thanks to what you want to give thanks to. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean I, I remember talking to Christine a couple of weeks ago and she was just she was on I was like, Whoa, this woman's fired up and she goes, Okay, I'll I'll be back a little bit. I gotta go do some push ups <laughs> And sure enough, I mean she texted me about twenty minutes later and goes, I feel a hell of a lot better now <laughs> So you got to find those ways to diffuse the mind because, you know, we all know when the mind gets going, it it just creates chaos and we got to figure out how to calm it down so we can, so we can think clearly and be, uh, be in control of ourselves. Because, you know, think of it this way too, guys, we've all been pissed off. Maybe we had too much to drink and we're upset with somebody. And what's the worst thing you can do? Drunk text. Mm. Okay. That's a no-no. That's a no-no, right? We've all done it, though. So kind of look at it that way. You know, when you're really fired up, you know, look for the healthier way of handling the situation. Don't look for the negative way that's going to, you know, cause issues. So be mindful.
0: So the first step, the first step to, to move, you know, after we move discomfort in the body, which stems from the mind going all over the place and, and getting us charged up. So we're in the past, we're in the future, we're feeling powerless, whatever's going on. Um, after the body calms down, because we found some way to move whatever's arising that's safe and and we're not, you know, um spewing it on anybody, we number one, we need to find our breath. So that's that's the first step, right? Of coming into the moment. And in my I had a coaching call today and in that call she taught us this really cool technique and it was inhaling really deep through the nose and saying right and then exhaling through the mouth and saying now in your mind. So it's like a right
1: do now. Like, do you say when
0: you're <laughs> yeah. I know. So you're saying it in your head. So the That's idea <laughs> Yeah. So the idea is that the, the words are anchoring the mind inside and the breath is starting to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Anytime we slow our breathing down and we take a really deep breath and hold it for a moment and then slowly exhale, we start to trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. So that is coming back into the moment and not allowing yourself to stay stuck in this outward um place that's keeping us from what's going on inside
1: ourselves parasympathetic
0: there you go
1: john i love it i learn something new from her all the time I, <laughs> and it, i think i love it when she brings the psychology into it cuz it's great stuff cuz it's it really does give you a different look at it and i like to dumb it down so just because that's how i think i'm i'm one of those guys give me the cliff notes version Mm-hmm. but um, what I'm getting at is remember, you know, when these, these emotions act up and we're really feeling maybe a little bit out of control, these feelings are temporary. And I think that's a really important word to remember. So when you're feeling a little bit worked up and, and your emotions have just got the best of you, try to take some breaths and remind yourself this feeling that I'm going through right now is temporary. Mm-hmm. It's a temporary situation. Cause it is, it is temporary. It's not going to be there every single day for a week to two weeks. Please. Hopefully not. <laughs> That's more I thought about them, like, oh, shit, maybe it could. But most of the time, folks, in reality, it is a temporary situation. So remind yourself it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary thing. And maybe by just saying that little mantra to your head, mm-hmm. Christina, I use mantra. Get mm-hmm. that? I like that? I like that. Maybe just by saying mantra, temporary, temporary, that might actually calm you down a little bit too because it's true. It, it just – it throws a dose of reality on the situation,
0: and again what what, as I was just listening to John, I just want to remind everyone, and what's coming up for me right now is it all starts in the mind, and I just want to throw that out there you know if uh <clears throat> if we can control the mind, then we can control the body, and how we grab control of the mind is by finding the breath you'll find you'll see that when you're upset that you lose your breath, you get raspy, you're not taking deep breaths. So right away, if you learn to control and manipulate your breath, then you've got that mind and you start to, to rein the mind in and you start to get control over the mind. Uh, okay, so the next, the next technique that I want to share that is extremely powerful, my, one of my favorite yoga teachers, her name is Amanda, and she works at Wild Mountain Yoga, amazing breath. Technique, And it was inhaling for eight counts, holding for eight counts, and exhaling for eight counts. So it's like little inhales, like, and you do that eight times and then hold while you're counting and then an exhale for eight counts. And so what you're doing, again, this is another just amazing way to begin manipulating the nervous system and begin to rein the mind in come back into the present moment because now the mind is being redirected to counting and the way that we are slowly inhaling holding and exhaling begins to bring the body back into a calm nervous system it's it's amazing how we can go from zero to a thousand with the active sympathetic nervous system like fight or flight right away and it takes a little bit of time like five ten minutes to begin to come back into a calm nervous system so it's not it's definitely not as quick uh, so we have to put more effort into getting back to that place inside of ourselves
1: I really got to try some of these techniques that she she mentions I, I think I shared a couple of weeks ago my attempts at meditation and how unsuccessful I was and we talked about it after after show and she's like obviously that's something you need to work on, huh? Because it's true. If I'm not very – I mean, let's be realistic. If you're not very good at meditating and calming your mind, then you need to practice it and practice it and practice it. And I think I maybe a light bulb finally did go off for me because I'm always preaching consistency, John, consistency. So maybe I need to get off my – you know what, and be consistent about trying to really focus on meditation because, you know, she's, she's not lying. It's, it's an important technique that we all should be doing because we all hear about it and how healthy it is and how good it is because it does give us a chance to calm that, uh, that hamster wheel in our head because we all know when we're stressed and if we're stressed and worried about something and we're, say, sitting on our couch by ourselves, oh, shit, we're in trouble. I mean we're in trouble. It's going to be we know that feeling. I mean I've I've been there. I know Christina has been there. I know all of you listeners have been there when you've had those moments. I mean again, that's why I said remind yourself again that it's temporary, but I think we need to take what she's saying with uh literally. Literally, thank you for finishing my sentence because I was stuck there for a moment. But Really think about meditating. There's some wonderful apps that are out there. I've got an app on my phone that's been collecting dust for the last four months, but I think I'm going to dust it off and start trying to work at it because I know it would help me a lot and I know it would help all of us.
0: And the other is also, you know, and I think I've talked about this before, but even doing some yoga. Um, I don't know how many of y'all have tried Bikram yoga, but you can't think in Bikram or you fall out of the posture. You can't. I've I've done it. I've fallen many a (laughs) times. In those classes, if my mind starts wandering, I lose the posture. So there's these really brilliant thousands of year old techniques that people, you know, have shown us to really help to refocus the mind and to, you know, how you feel calm and nourished is when the mind stops at least slows down. And it's not because you know how much mental energy it takes for that mind to be churning around like that through some of these techniques to help calm everything. So you can get back to a refreshed centered place. And the next technique that I want to share with y'all is is a really powerful uh, technique. It's called the butterfly hug. And in trauma therapy, uh, EMDR, which is uh, stands for Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing, it's a big word. It doesn't really matter in the context of the show, but but in terms of that technique that I do, uh, something we we teach people is how to help move through something. And so, basically, what a butterfly hug is, you cross your hands and you put your right hand on your left shoulder and your left hand on your right shoulder, and Once again, after we've calmed the body, we start tapping one hand at a time. So it's considered bilateral tapping. And our arms, our hands have crossed over the midline of the body. And as you're tapping one hand at a time, go into something that you're grateful for, but in a way where you can feel it, right? So, for instance, there's a lake that I used to go to as a child growing up in Indiana if I close my eyes and visualize that lake, my whole body relaxes, my chest opens. So thinking of that while I'm tapping helps me to really embody it and strengthen myself. And it just calms me down so completely. So that butterfly hug is good for so many things. You can also use it if the mind's in distress when you're using those breathing techniques because it helps us to move through something at a more rapid pace.
1: I have a question. Just butterfly hugs. What about butterfly kisses? (laughs) Well, if you're... Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) If you have a a honey, absolutely.
1: (laughs) But again, I mean, again, these are great techniques. It it was funny. She was talking about that and um, doing the tapping and just going somewhere in your mind that used to just bring you just great pleasure and relaxation. And when she started to talk about that, it made me think about, Gracie Trail, which a lot of us are familiar with, because that's just right where my mind went. And I know years ago, whenever I was stressed, I was going through a divorce and just in a, you know, just in a tough time, I would always go to Gracie Trail, I'd go for a run or a walk and listen to music. And it was just amazingly therapeutic for me, because just being out in nature, feeling, you know, the wind on my face or the sun on my face, and just getting my heart rate up a little bit, and just looking at the trees and hearing the creek, it's... It's an amazing thing. And again, remember, we're going through all these tech. My idea, that was something that just kind of popped into my head that might work for somebody. Um, If if maybe the tapping isn't what you want to do when it comes to the butterfly hug, I tried it. I have to say, it brought me to a beach. It was great. I was having a Corona and I was calm. It was good. But remember, guys, these techniques are to help you calm yourself down, calm the mind down, become more self-aware so it brings you to that point where allowing becomes an easier thing to do in your life. Just to make sure we tie that back in there.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you did that because, you know, the end result of all of this is to come back to what is real, what is within our control. And really, if we sit back and look, it's ourselves, it's our responses. It's how we're choosing to perceive a situation so this is this is what all these techniques are are bringing us back around to is how can I manage this organism that i'm inside of how do i how do I keep this this vehicle uh well tuned and running optimally um, so uh let's see so the the last one that i I wrote down here is. <clears throat> You know, after your mind is calm, after you've done some breathing techniques, uh, maybe you tried the butterfly hug, swim, maybe, you know, you did something that brought you to a place of calm. I have a friend who swims almost every day and it's like her, it is her wonderland. I mean, it just totally puts her in another world. She's calm. She's centered. That That's her butterfly hug, right? That's her, her breathing tech because you have to breathe as you're swimming. And so, so finding that. Then. You can sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself, right, around, okay, what are the needs and desires that are coming up inside of me that I was trying to control by manipulating this person, place, or thing, right? So what are the needs and desires, and how can I meet them for myself? And so that was a really big uh, piece as I was sitting here thinking about, you know, working with the body and in our last show or actually two shows ago by um body mind 4.0 we talked a lot about um when we have discomfort in the body it is a message the way that i see it the metaphor in my mind it's like a child tugging on an adult right because i see my body as my inner child it is talking to me it's trying to tell me something so What did I used to do in the past? And I know I've shared this before. I was a master at uh, not feeling my body, at escaping myself. Um, So instead, turning my focus, turning my awareness to the body like a mother would to a child or a child is really the opportunity that gets presented to us anytime we find ourselves being challenged with discomfort in the body that we're trying to make ourselves feel better by changing something outside of us. We get this opportunity to go inside and find, what can I do for myself? How can I meet this need? For instance, if it's uh, companionship that we're really desiring, can I go to my good friend's house? Can I go see my older friend who's like a mama to me that can give me a big hug and be like, hey, you're good. How else can I meet that need that doesn't entail me having to control or manipulate the outside.
1: Again, beautifully said. <clears throat> That's one thing I love about what she brings to the table here, folks. You know, and when it comes to techniques, when it comes to allowing, remember, the only thing that we truly do control in our lives is ourselves. I mean, we really do. We don't control We don't control our husband or wife or friends and stuff like that. That's, that's part of why we're talking about this because they're their own individuals they are going to make their own decisions and choices and we can only control what we control. So that's why, you know, talking about these techniques and becoming more self-aware about why we do the things that we do will make you just a much wholer person. And, you know, I, I remember Last year, I was just talking to a friend about, you know, really control your thoughts and your responses. And she's like, I, that, that's bullshit. I can't do that. Trust me, when you become more self-aware, you're going to be amazed at how you're able to control your, your conscious thoughts. You really are. Because you're going to catch yourself mid-thought and go, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm going to think this way instead because that's not nice. That's not – that's judgmental. That's, you know, maybe being harsh on myself. And honest to God, you you know, if you really are, here's that word again, consistent about this, you're going to notice it and it's going, to, it's going to pay huge, huge dividends because it's going to just create that amazing self-awareness and it's going to feed into allowing, it's going to feed into having better friendships and relationships and you're just going to find yourself responding to situations in a totally different way that's going to make you feel um, inspired and purposeful and really proud of yourself.
0: Well said. And, you know, the outside is always a reflection of the inside. I mean, it really is when we come down to it. And so, um, Anyhow, uh, do we have a, oh, I, we have a caller. Okay, great. Well, let's see, All
1: right. see if I remember how to do this.
0: Okay. Hello, caller. You are on the air. Well, he was on the air.
1: Let's mute him. Oh. Oh, Try that again. Hold on, guys. The joy of live radio. Here we go.
0: Hello. You're live on the air.
2: Hello. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you. Who's calling?
2: This is Melvin Nives. I was in the listening mode, but it seems like I'm the one here in the hot seat now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you are welcome sir how you been
2: oh i've been good I've been very good. good you know i've been you know all over the place you know, but I've been good well, do you have a question, Sam um a question um we we we're talking about allowing, yes, but how can say we say allow more? Um, when it comes to relationship, I know you, you guys talk about um, allowing, but how can we allow more? Because sometimes we could fall short of that. But what what are some triggers that we can set up, you know, and so we can allow more, you know, allow others allow. more, allow us, uh, allow ourselves more. If I'm understanding what you're saying.
0: So let me make sure I understand the question. So how can we allow ourselves to have more of our needs met in in relationships? No,
2: how how can we allow, you know, like in a relationship, you know, with partnership, you know, in relationship with your pastor or your mother, your father, and just just allowing the other person, you know, just to be themselves, you know, is there any kind of like trigger, you know, we can um, develop to do that?
0: that you could recommend? Well, um, yeah, I, I, something that's coming to my mind is uh, what, I, what I found for myself is I had to get really clear with what my needs and boundaries are, right? And then from that place, I was able to set up relating or not relating with people, whether it's family or relationships around that and allow people to either honor my requests and show up in a certain way or not. I don't know if that helped. Did you want to add anything to that, Don? I,
1: I was going to add just listening to speak their mind, say whatever is on their mind, and just listen and just process what with, with what they're coming with you at, and just you know, and, and support them any way you can, support them any way you can. It's it's tricky because everyone's going to be different. So I don't think there's any cookie cutter way of of giving you a direct answer to that. Um,
2: well, well, what works for me, you know, I, I thought you would give me another trigger, but what works for me is just really listening. I find out mm-hmm. um, when I do pow- powerful listening, then I'm actually learning, you know, why that other person is responding the way they're responding. And I'm also listening to how I'm responding, too, if I'm responding Absolutely. differently, because if I'm... Yeah, so if I'm really listening to what the person is saying, I could really see what's behind all of it, you know, and I can really see who I'm being in the listening. So that's that that what works for me.
0: That's great. And, and, and so, just to kind of capitalize on, on the question you had before while you're doing the listening, is sometimes while we're holding space for someone, we might need to ask them to lower their tone a little bit while we're doing the deep listening or we might ask them to take a breath because their word choices might be kind of intense and activating our bodies in some way. So I think that there is a way to be allowing and to hold space and listen while still honoring what our bodies' needs are telling us while we're doing that. So thank you so much for calling in. It was great to hear from you. You're welcome. Um. Do we have another caller there? No. Okay. Well, thank you, Sam, for calling in. Um, it was great to hear from you and um, get to interact with you. So we are gonna wrap up our show, hopefully um, recognizing, you know what you want to allow in your life, the barriers that are kind of up for you and that you're up against in doing that and using some of these techniques to match and move the discomfort so you can get back to a calm centered self are going to be helpful for you. And I don't know if you want to add anything.
1: Yeah, I just want to say thanks to everybody that's listening out there. You know, allowing as I started the show with to me is one of the most difficult things to to do. It really is. It's, it's a very tough line to walk, but, you know, hopefully like what Christina said with some of the techniques and just the things we discussed tonight, you know, listening, processing, and just allowing people to really make the choices that they're going to make and focusing on ourselves and becoming more self-aware with why we uh, feel the way we do is going to make a huge difference with you guys moving forward. Mm -hmm. So on that note, I want to say thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys have an amazing Wednesday night and we look forward to hearing from you next week